Did you tell him it was my idea? Uh, me, no. You did not. Okay. <laughs> it didn't come up. Uh, you uh, played an, an integral role in the creation of the idea. Wow. No, I mean, it was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it's pretty tough to write a sentence. <laughs> <clears throat> that's like saying, that's like saying that two parents play an integral role in the birth of their, cho- their children. It's like, yes, but I mean. Okay, I'll, I'll agree. I was the mother who birthed the child, whereas you were the father that injected you sperm into best, my womb. Mo- you were at best the midwife that observed the birth. And then had to breastfeed the baby. And had to nurse it back from the and birth it was, a, it was a teething, teething child. Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Plant, and I know the best game of the week. <laughs> My name is Ross Frustig, and I know the best game of the week. Chris, you sounded like a... Did you hear that? I, I was trying to decide, am I going to do a Griffin impression? And then almost the second I started, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't know. That sounded that. pretty much like Griffin. Except for when I said my name. Yeah. Do you, should I try Other again? than that. Yeah, try again. Hey, my name's Griffin McElroy, and I live in Austin. Burritos! I never knew that my brother was Poochie from Itchy and Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, I'm going to my planet now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Griffin's out super sick. Uh, I'm barely alive, but I wanted to come tell you guys about the hottest, latest video games, as we do every week here on The Besties. As we look at the new games and talk about them, just kind of like most podcasts. <laughs> From time to time, yes. We do like, that. Like most video games. Uh, uh, I want to start off talking about Proteus, a new indie uh, bonbon uh, from the from two guys who made it. I have a lot <laughs> of thoughts about this game. Uh, no, you don't. You didn't play it. Chris Plant, give us the, give us the skinny. On uh, on Parodius. Okay. Wow. There's like a giant helicopter that is flying over our apartment right now, and I feel like this is the end. In <laughs> second. Okay, it's gone. And uh, now I can tell you about Proteus. It was the video game police, uh, because many of the video game people don't think this is actually a video game. Uh, so that's something to consider going in. So in Proteus, you are in a bright, colorful. Uh, three-dimensional island you walk uh around and then the game ends <sighs> okay well, that so right. turns out that, i actually that, did that, play that it. does sound like a fair explanation <coughs> that um, is the that, that is, is the game the entire game uh but uh it's very pretty this island and it's responsive in some ways like there are frogs that you can chase uh and there are fireflies and there are kind of little tricks to uh, making other things happen. Like, I'll spoil just one, because uh, <laughs> there isn't a lot, so I don't want to spoil the whole game. Uh, but there are uh, kind of like religious-looking stones, and if you approach them at, I think, the nighttime, that's how it worked for me, like a storm happens in this kind of uh, 
colorful religious event occurs. Uh, but everything's very slight and very soft and very beautiful, and then it just ends. So it's essentially like you were dropped into like a Minecraft server, and you just sort of wandered around for a while, and every once in a while there'd be like interactive moments. Uh, no, mm, interactive is maybe the wrong. Man, I guess interactive is technically interactive accurate. in the sense that you are walking towards them, but there is nothing else you can do. Um, yeah, there is no action you can take. Um, I described it on Twitter as what it's like being an Octorok waiting for Link to come kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. That thank you. I'm a professional. Uh, I I uh, I think the pro in Proteus. You really don't – I mean, there's nothing you solve, nothing you sort of, like, do. There's not an action that you have to do. Um, it's simply the passage of time, and uh, and you're not really interacting with the environment in any way other than observing it. Observing things uh, can can change them. Um, I, I think the problem with Proteus and, – and, and, it, and it is not endemic to Proteus. I think it is – fine for what it sets out to be and i think it achieves the things that it sets out to achieve um but it's not a game and i and i think that it it really betrays sort of a lack of um how little vocabulary we really have with dealing with interactive electronic things um because i i it 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 is not i i don't think of it as a i don't think it is a game like i think for something to qualify as a game, there have to be objectives. There has to be a fail state. Um, and Proteus has neither of these things. It is an interactive uh, work of art. Uh, and I think that that's great. I think it's and, – and, you know, some people enjoy it. Some people won't. That's fine. But um, I think putting that label of game on it is 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 problematic. I I mean, that, I, I feel like you putting a game in, in that sort of box is a little – worrying i guess we all define games differently but i don't know that it needs to necessarily have i feel like someone creating a world and letting you like explore that world wherever you want so that sounds like a game to me i get you can't really do anything apart from like look around and but i guess i don't see i'm really torn between both of those arguments because on one hand i think uh with a video game specifically just video games when we say games i i kind of agree with fresh stick that you know it, it's a virtual space and you can do things in it even if those things don't have like a, a very clear cause and effect uh but then if you think about just the history of games you know thousands and thousands of years much broader than uh video games this idea of just walking around isn't isn't a game it, it, on that side justin's right you know you do need some rules or objectives or fail states. Uh, like, if you walked around a theme park, that's not a game. Uh, it's funny you said that, Chris. When you, uh, <clears throat> when I was a kid, when you go into uh, the world of imagination in Epcot, <laughs> yes. in, this is in Disney World. If you've only been to Disneyland, you won't go off this as much, but uh, there's a world of imagination in Epcot, and at the end of it, you're in this sort of, um, I guess, playground, for lack of a better term, and you, uh, you can like jump on tiles and that makes them create certain noises and you can chase lights around and, and you can interact with those. And there's like, 
you know, funny, funny cameras that distort your image and 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 it's like and, a science museum. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But Except with no, no actual science going no, on. No, no science, no objective, no learning. There's no learning exactly. Um, and to me, I don't think that it makes sense to delineate between that and a. Uh, you know, I I don't think that making that a experience completely digital uh, would would make that a game i think well when you talk about well, words though, <coughs> i love that we're going down this this road yeah i mean i, I hesitate to even do no, it I, I, I why not i mean i, I think it's i think while I, I find I, it as interesting as the our games art conversation which is to say like well, maybe no one really knows no, I, I think this is a lot more important than that because art it's anything i i think what's interesting here is you have schools or all these arguments are around the word game and i don't think that's the right word i think play is something closer to it like you said you know when you uh went to epcot as a kid and you went into this playground and i think specifically when you say you weren't learning things i think i don't think that's entirely true i think that's what games are and even experiences like this are play is a safe place to learn you're you know that's what play is. You're learning certain experiences. You're learning how to play games. You're learning how to do things in a safe venue. And I think in that way, it falls under that. And that's super, super heady. Uh, but in terms of looking at this, I, that's why I don't think it's like just an art piece. I think it is a playful experience. I think it's something where you're walking around this world and learning what it is. Uh, and that's well, exactly like what's happening at Epcot. The truth so of the really, matter is probably somewhere between art and game. I mean, uh, it... Gart. <laughs> it's Gart! It's totally Gart! Gart. Hey, Gart. Um, no, the only reason I make that, for me at least, this isn't a completely... Um... This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. This isn't just semantics, because I think um, it the lens by which we, we evaluate games often is um is it is it fun and of course when we say fun a lot of times what we're referring to at least if you 
um, if you buy into like Rafe Coster's take on it, is the experience of learning. Uh, you know, the idea that you learn a system and you can apply that knowledge and that's fun and and satisfying. Um, uh, Purdy's is not fun. At least for me, it was not fun in that uh, in that regard. Um, you know what? It's I, I've been thinking of trying to come up with like a game that this reminds me of, and it sounds to me exactly like uh, what was the one where you're reading letters on that island and you're just Mist? like want no. Uh, came out like a year ago. They did like a remake of it. It was a it was a mod. Oh, Esther's Esther's something or other. Oh, dear, dear Esther. Esther. Sounds a but, lot like but dear Esther. Even less. Much less. There's no fail state in Dear Esther. You can't yeah, lose. There's you not can't even die. like letters or anything in this. There's okay. There's no story or anything. I mean, there's well, passage of time, which I guess. Yeah. So like the one thing story. that I want to know, and I I don't want you to go into this because obviously it's a big part of the game, but I do sort of. I just want to have some indication. I, a lot of people have talked about the ending, that there's an ending to Proteus. Yes. Like people said, it's 45 minutes long or whatever. What does that even mean if you're not doing anything? Time is it just like watching the sun go across the sky? Uh, sure, something like that. I I mean that's probably it's the one thing that happens. So I'm not going to say what it is. Uh, okay. But yes, there's something. It's a passage of time, and that comes to an end. You guys uh, sure you didn't just like like miss the chest? Like there's probably a chest around there somewhere. <laughs> Did you find the sword? Because uh, if you, you know, don't find the sword, you're dangerous can't kill to go it. alone. Take this. Yeah, it's boring I, I, to go honestly, on. I I actually liked Proteus a lot, uh, probably more than Justin. But I the way I played it was loading in at like I don't know, like five thirty in the morning on a Sunday, and kind of being dazed and just not knowing how long it would take, not knowing almost anything about it. And it was just like the music just kind of washed over me, and the experience happened, and forty five minutes passed, and it felt very uh, I don't know. I'm not zen. But kind of like meditative, like I, I didn't really, yeah. I, I wasn't looking for it to be anything more, I guess, and it just happened, and I enjoyed it. But I think so. The like, problem is if, if you're on ludes, essentially, it, it's the perfect game. Yeah, I think I think that's perfect. Is <laughs> if if you just want to listen to the music and like check out the scenery and kind of figure out this space, because oh, that, that's the other important thing: the island that you're on is different every time. It, it generates itself. Uh, so, is it that different though? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I I played through it about I guess one and a half times because I didn't need to finish it again. Uh, and is it just like how different is it? I mean, totally different. I mean, what well, has all the sa- same key things? There are like I don't know, probably five or six things that are in each one. There's a graveyard. There's these religious stones. There's a mountain. Uh, but where everything is is different. So not that different. I mean. <coughs> Yeah, sure. Which I suspect really my, see it, yeah. I suspect my problems with it probably stem from the fact that I don't, and I've been pretty clear about this. I don't particularly enjoy this aesthetic. Um, it's not. It's not the retro aesthetic is not uh, something that I enjoy, and I think this is even less detailed than a lot of games that would consider themselves to be retro. Um, very much has sort of an Atari twenty six hundred vibe. To, and that may be overstating the point of it, but um, it is very. The graphics are very. Simple. Um, it is a first-person shooter, though. I mean, first-person game. Yes, right. First-person game, but it's, and it's like, 3D, so that was probably good, beyond because it does kind of look like when it's flat, it looks like a 2D image, and it looks kind of like an Atari cover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like with crazy rainbows and shit. 
Uh, yes, with crazy rainbows. Uh, and stripes and red balloons. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that game. I, I don't know how much more we want to go down any semantic rabbit holes, or if you want yeah, to do half that stuff I find horrifying. I, the weird thing about it, semantics aside, the, the, the interesting thing about it is, I think, um, fun, whatever fun is, while not universal, is more universal than aesthetic appreciation. And I think that, yeah, the you know, I it is much easier for me to recommend a, a game that I find fun to someone else who likes games. I think it's a lot easier for me to recommend that to somebody as opposed to something like this, where I mean, if that aesthetic appeals to you, if if the idea of being in this world would appeal to you, then I I think that you know it's a it's an easy sale yeah. because it's you're really going to enjoy your time there and if you yep. are unlike me in the fact that you can like relax and not feel like you have to be doing something uh, I, I think that's a good point just because i think fun is like weirdly coded into our shared dna like tetris just the idea of like ordering things is like fun for everyone or just pressing jump seems to be fun for everyone in a video game for whatever reason that physics things triggers some you know opiate in our heads right well you're right you know we've we see things visually every day so we do develop kind of you know i guess biases towards certain aesthetics this is a really nerdy version no but i mean seriously the one thing that i keep coming back to is when we're talking about this You got us. Good one. You that was us. a segue fart. That's, That's good. That was. <laughs> good. Russ Freshnick's classic segue fart. Uh, so what? Do you, what? How about you, Russ? What, what interesting things do you have to tell us? Uh, I had a fight with a woman at Uniqlo the other day. You fought a woman uh, at where? Well, not a physical fight. It you was more a of a battle of words. Like a, a Japanese t-shirt shop. No, they sell more than t-shirts. Casual fashion, I would say. Where was this? It was in Herald Square, 34th Street. Okay. And uh, they had signs everywhere announcing that there's some sort of pants deal going on where if you buy a certain number of pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some you sort get a, of pants deal. You get a good good amount of money off. And this mm-hmm. is what the pants deal, this is how it read. The pants deal read, if you buy two pairs of pants, you get $10 off. If you buy three pairs of pants, you get an additional $5 off each pair. Now, what does that sound like to you? Oh, sounds my. like to me... I got some scratch paper and a pen. Can $15 you yeah. off if you buy three pairs each. So $45 off. Exactly. 100% that. That's what I thought, too, is that you get $15 off each pair. That's a great deal, especially since they're like jeans are like $45 or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I made this argument, and she's like, well, we've get, been having a lot of people coming in and, and having that same issue. And I'm like, right, because that's what the sign says. It doesn't say – so she was claiming, oh, no, that just means $5 off each pair. Anyway, I, it wasn't really – That doesn't really, make any sense, though, because, like, I know. why would you make the distinction of three pairs? I know. So I went online after I got home, and the website had actually changed the language of it because clearly enough people, probably Jews like me, let's be honest, <laughs> have complained <laughs> – about the fact that they're kind of scamming us with the language of their uh, sale. The old bait and switch. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I didn't like, 
it didn't come to i'm pretty level-headed and and reasonable when it comes to that stuff and i realize she has no actual control over the situation but it's the sort of thing where it's like you admit that you, you know the sign is misleading just throw me a bone or something like come on a, like a little bit of discount a little hj in the back room i mean whatever something something the jeans are already slice. so cheap i know so i want them more, cheaper than they actually are uh, it's also I go there a lot because my body is the shape of a Asian man. <laughs> you got that uh, Asian man. Shape. It's very svelte. Anyway, that was that was my experience. If you guys want to talk about something else that doesn't involve, uh... I've had a slow week. I've been laid up sick. It is, guys. It is hard to get sympathy when your wife is a doctor. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. I'd been sick all day, and I had been, like, at my most pitiful. Like, I was fully, fully pitiful. I was laid up in bed, you know, watching Ripper Street or something on TV, like, drinking tea, looking sad. Is there, like, a chart on front of your bed when you get sick? And then she walks in and, like, looks at it absolutely no, and like, then walks out? No, she, ignores me. <laughs> and then continues talking to me as if I were healthy. Oh. She doesn't put her hand on my head. She but doesn't put a thermometer in my mouth. So Fucking not, nothing. Literally no bedside manner. Like no, like she uses it all up on the strangers, and then she comes home to heal someone she actually likes. And there's like it nada. But nothing. have you seen her at work, like working? No, not so yes. You don't, I mean, you a don't actually times. know, right? Maybe. She could be Doctor House there. Very Maybe gruff. she's house. Maybe she has interns go talk to the sick old ladies or something. Right. And then when they're about to die, she bursts in the room and is like, I have an idea. And then she experiments on them because she's a rogue doctor addicted to pain pills. She does tell me I don't have lupus a lot, yeah. which should have so, been a tip off. That is that is a warning sign. I, I'm deeply concerned. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Uh, hey, I want to talk about another game. Yeah, let's Yeah, me it. too. Uh, I just, I just finished, Whoa. I solved, if you will, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. You completed it. I completed this You game. sat through every cutscene there was. Yeah. Well, that, how long yeah. did that take you? Well, my final playtime on Metal Gear Rising Revengeance was five and a half hours. Does that include cutscenes? Yeah. How many Seriously? hours of cutscenes were there? Guys, five and a half hours. That was my final playtime. I don't. Maybe think that, that doesn't include cutscenes. Cut maybe, uh, maybe that doesn't include restarts. Did but I when tell I got you about the preview event, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it's oh, tell really... me about it. No, 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 uh, tell me. Uh, so before the VGAs, there was a a big preview event for this game, right? And I was at the VGAs talking to a few people about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, Konami just, you know, let us play for, like, half the day. And I was like, oh, yeah, so you got, you know, kind of a start on it? And they're like, well, the weirdest thing happened. We all beat the game. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? And, like, we all beat the entire game while we were trying to preview it. What were they thinking? Uh... So let me let's back up a little bit. Let's pull the lid. That's sort of okay. like a before the title card, and now the title card Lost. has popped up. Yeah, right. And now we're into the meat of it. Uh, Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance is an is an action game, uh, not stealth t- tactical a- or tactical stealth espionage or whatever the hell. Spy Ninja slide uh, solid is. Uh, it is a is a full on total action game in the style of you know your devil may cries or what have you um it's built around raiden who is metal gear solid's little brother i don't know the backstory very well <laughs> and uh your raiden is uh taking on a a company of pmcs who want to what does make, pmc stand for uh, uh private military contractors so yeah probably uh or professional military contract? I don't no, know. I think it's military private. contract. Anyway, private military contract. Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, they want to make a lot more war, and he doesn't want that to happen. And there's something about their enslaving kids to be cyborg ninjas or something. I don't. Know. I don't know. It's, it's not like like you know Metal Gear. It's warfare. you know it's Metal Gear. Um, <clears throat> so th- the game is built around primarily around Raiden's uh, sword, uh, which is interesting because it is so different from what you've seen in other Metal Gear games where I think you're, you know, obviously guns are the 
preferred method of dispatching enemies. There's no or guns knives. Here. Knives, yeah. Uh, this is swords, though. It's different. Or rations. Or rations. You do use rations to kill a lot of enemies. Um, it, it, there's your combos, which, you know, everybody likes those. You XXX, and then you kill a guy. Uh, you can put a sub-weapon on uh, Y, which can be, like, big swords or size or... Uh, something like a bow staff, and you know all the different teenage mutant ninja turtle weapons are represented here, except for nunchaku. So it's uh, essentially X is like quick attack, Y is like long attack. Uh, sort of. Actually, the sub weapons are very different. Um, not the sub weapons. That's a whole other thing. Uh, it, the size, for example, can help drag you towards an enemy mm-hmm. and bring you in close to them. Uh, while the the bow staff covers or it's not a bow staff it's like a big long it's a pole arm basically um helps you cover a, a larger area with your attacks um so it's kind of you can switch on the fly not on the fly really you have to go into a sub menu but you but you you know you can switch mid-level uh i feel like few games personify sub menu better than metal gear games uh yeah there's some so you can also use sub weapons which can be everything from grenade launchers uh, to actual grenades, to um, pictures that like distract enemies, um, mm-hmm. to cardboard boxes. Can you, you hide in a la every other Metal Gear game? Which makes like, which can be kind of an annoying break in the action because they're all pretty specific. I mean, there's very rare situations where like, <coughs> where like both a grenade and a rocket launcher would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of switching uh, in between those if you're going to use them. Um, but the the interesting thing is that in addition to all these combos and regular weapons, you uh, have what's called blade mode, which is triggered by holding in the left trigger. Uh, and basically what that does is it slows time and allows you to slice exactly where you want to. So, uh, you know, you that's everything from you can cut off a, a, an enemy's head. Aww. You can slice off their legs uh, for, for larger machines. Um you can slice off, you know, specific guns uh, to to cripple them before you can actually destroy the machine itself. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as expe- as you might expect, by cutting people or machines up stylishly, uh, you get BP, which is basically the currency of the game, which you battle to points. Your, battle points. You use to upgrade your skills and what have you um yeah so i've been playing a, a little bit dumb because i actually played the game so but i've been uh you know asking you questions to sort of inform the reader as it were the, the listener. i'm like the listener as it were i'm like that girl in inception that is like how does the how did the dreams machine work anyway um yeah so the blade mode thing is what i liked most about this game I thought it felt really unique and like super, super satisfying um, because you just sort of like, I can't remember the last game where you felt like you had that much control over like manipulating a body and like effing it up. Right. Like most games you like might shoot a leg off or like an arm or a head or whatever. But here you're like the precise angle that you want to slice this guy's torso in. You can do that. And it, and it's and there's this whole like mini game element where you're, when you're after you slice someone you can like grab this thing out of the air and crush it and it like gives you bonus points. That I think that whole like slicing element is definitely the like the most clever original thing about this game. Uh huh. 
and I liked it a lot. Whatever happened to that idea? That felt like after Soldier Fortune. Not that I liked the violence of it, but the idea of kind of dismantling something. Oh, we just played Army of Two like a week ago. Yeah, but as it's coming (laughs) to attack you and and actually like serving the purpose of the game. uh, Or it's called Dead Space. Space. One did that for a while, but Dead Space Three, it felt like you shot it and it just kept coming at you just as fast as it did before. And the legs um, wouldn't really come after unless you like got him with like five or six shots. And it surprisingly keeps from being too. I mean, it doesn't feel as ghoulish as it could, you know. Like uh, mainly because the guys you're fighting are all cyborgs, right? So it's mainly like you're seeing circuitry and not as much on the blood and guts end, which um, is in keeping with the series. Like the yeah. series has never been very violent. It is. It is. I mean, it is. And I mean, it's violent, but it's just not like gory. It's like muted say. violence. Yeah, it's like yeah, PG thirteen violence. So, um, I really enjoyed playing it, and I think that I enjoyed the moment to moment experience of playing Metal Gear Rising more than I liked the the moment to moment experience of uh, playing Metal Gear Solid games, largely because when stealth went bad and like. It is sort of designed to go bad in this game. There are not a lot of scenarios that you can just stealth your way through. And if you sneak up behind an enemy, you tap B, you can do a stealth kill. You can also do those from above. Um, but, like, it is not intended for you to... As an example, you have a vision mode where you can see where enemies are. Uh, but the moment you attack or even run, uh, you deactivate that mode. Mm-hmm. Which actually is my first problem with the game is that it explains nothing. Yeah. It explains yeah. none of no, that. None of the tools or anything. That was yeah, one of I, my... I, I, I love uh, Evan Narciss at, at Kotaku, is a close friend, but I, his review, which was glowing, was followed, I think, maybe two hours later <laughs> by, so if you're going to play this game, uh, here are the things you have to do in the first two hours to get past that part. Because the game won't tell you how to get past certain enemies that you just would bat your head against the wall. Yeah, yeah, it's but it is weirdly satisfying when you figure it out. There's like a little puzzly element to like taking on certain enemies. These things don't sound puzzly. It just sounds like, oh, so that's how I use the parry system. Oh, yeah, the parry system is totally unexplained. Yeah, the and parry a, system is not explained. The... Uh, uh, an enhanced reality vision is not explained. Lots of essential things are not yeah. explained. You need to go through all the VR missions. You need to go into the help section to see how you do moves. Uh, and you need to probably get on the internet and look at the pieces referring to because it really is there. They are, they do not tell you a lot. Um, yeah. But once you get the hang of it, I, uh, I really like the process of playing the game a lot. It has some, severe pacing issues which i think tie into the time uh the the back half of the game is basically all boss fights i mean you you sometimes there's a short little run up where you're killing a few guys but uh early on in the game it has a really nice flow of you know go through the level and then at the end there's a massive boss which has its own strategy to to destroying um which is only important because uh you get uh basically a gel that can refill your life uh, and you get those through the process of playing the level, you know, you'll find them just like anything else. Uh, but when they put back to back to back to back boss fights on you, um, you don't have an 
an opportunity to get that gel. Well, you just, and you just don't know like when that's going to like how if you're preserving those like resources, you don't know how many you're supposed to preserve if they're just constantly throwing boss fights at you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you don't know if like, oh god, I've used too many of these to get through the rest of the game uh because I you know, and and you know, you have 100 uh percent life energy or whatever, and there are attacks later on in the game that can take a quarter to a half of your life in one yeah. hit so it can get like really really hard late and not through any fault of your own it just becomes like hugely frustrating um and i i don't know and there's a lot there's like several problems like that plus like the length it seems it seems really short it feels like a game somebody just wanted to get finished well, well i mean but that's what this it was, is though right well not only that it, uh, we should note that it's a platinum game and platinum games tend to be pretty short yeah, but it right. wasn't always a platinum game, right? That's true. Yeah, but they threw so away, mean- like, everything. <laughs> I thought that was, like, the whole thing, that they were like, yeah, we, we made all these things, and Plat- Platinum was like, ah, we don't really want them. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. I think it's, I'd rather, like, honestly, I felt like Metal Gear Solid 4, like, hugely overstayed its welcome. Like, I was so ready to be done with that game when it ended. So I'd rather it be almost shorter than longer although five and a half hours is pretty damn short especially for a 60 dollar price tag uh you know yeah i'm actually agree uh, it's very rare that i say i wish the game had been longer um because i think a lot of time that's a good thing right because they can leave you wanting more that's cool yeah but i think um middle Gear rising is one of those games that fails that succeeds as a game as it fa- while it fails as a product um, because it is fun to play. I mean, the, 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 the systems and everything they have, they, they built in such a way that it's, it's a fun, rewarding, challenging experience, well balanced, etc. But just as a product, it's not, it's not good. The, uh, it's too short. It doesn't explain enough to you. The VR missions, you can go play VR missions if you want. I, I did not find them particularly enjoyable. Uh, there, there's a, a long loading sequence before each one. So if you like fail it and start it again, um, you're going to wait through, I think 15 seconds or so of loading time before you get a shot. And we're talking about some of these that are like insta fail stealth things. Um, so I wasn't crazy about that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed playing it. I just think if you, and I, again, I'm never this guy. I'm never the guy who's like, Add more length, but like I think if you paid sixty bucks for this game, you would you would feel like you did not get your money's worth personally. Yeah. Well, that's. Um, I don't know what sixty dollars is worth to you. It is fun. It is fun to play. Yeah. I don't understand why the story in these games always has to be so bad. Um, there is actually like they're they are getting close to an interesting point with with some of it. Um, the guy doing the voice of Raiden is really terrible. And it very much sounds like a guy who's pretending to be tough the whole time. And I don't know why he couldn't just... T- I mean, it's, it's always like this. Hey, I mean, let's go get a hamburger after this. Like, <laughs> I don't know why he can't just yeah, be Yeah, but that's dude. Metal Gear, right? Like, you, like, are those games... Oh. Are they voice directed in America? Or are they voice directed in Japan? No, so, like, I'm they don't even sure know, it's in, like, done like, in Japan. Like, yeah, I'm guessing all Americans are yelling. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone like a fluent English speaker in the audience while they're recording these things in the crowd. 
it's not even the I mean it's not even the uh you know it's not even the the text so much as although the at del- one point delivery it's the delivery right although at one point Ryden does deliver the line we don't remember exactly what it is uh he said he says some of the extent of nothing that's on the scale of nine eleven can be good it's like well. <laughs> yeah yeah but what if I mean, it's like a parade on the scale of 9-11 yeah like as bad as that was imagine a parade that is as good as that yeah it was bad i uh, no i mean like i don't know <laughs> they sum it up and and one of the bad guys at another point is like it'll be just like the good old days right after 9-11 like I, okay i mean you're still a metal gear game maybe you should just try to keep it in check a little bit um <laughs> But that stuff was fun, and and I really do like the the swordplay stuff is neat, and it's a cool way of like connecting you to the idea of using a sword as opposed to any other weapon. Because in a lot of a lot of uh, third person action games that have melee combat, I mean, it 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 wouldn't matter what weapon you're using, right? Like a sword is the same as uh, the blades in in. Um, god of war and you know uh, or batman's punches or whatever you know wouldn't really matter but um it does feel like you're using a a sword uh in this game didn't didn't it at one point have connect functionality am i like that's yeah i don't know if that's misremembering true, but that it feels like no, no. it was designed during the peak of connect move we you know the, the yeah it just would there's no fathomable way it could possibly work apart from like just having an entire game where you stand in front of a screen, essentially Fruit Ninja. But if it was Fruit Ninja, yeah, it would work. This is but the perfect like type a of whole... supplementary material, you know? Like, yeah. play the game with a controller, and then when it's time to, like, smash, swipe your hand around and grab the heart and crush it. Like, Yeah, but you have to, like, stand up. No, you can sit. And no, it connect. really doesn't work. Connect the, uh, is the a, worst. It's a huge... The, the the cool thing about the sword play and and it's cool but it's also I don't know if it'll be for everybody's bag is that it is kind of tricky so the you're you slow down time to almost a crawl but you're still losing energy so you don't have an infinite amount of blade mode um you with the right thumbstick change the angle at which you're going to make a cut so by rotating the thumbstick, you rotate the angle you're going to make a cut at. And by moving the left thumbstick, you change your orientation, um, which is like a lot for your brain yeah, to, it's, to it's process. Not, it's not intuitive, but it's well, – I think you get a handle on how it works. That's kind of – yeah. I mean there's room to like become really good at it. Yeah. You know, there's room – there's reward for, for practice with it. Um, yeah. And if you cut as you're about to kill an enemy um, – you can cut at a certain location and be able to pull out his, I don't energy spine. spine and crush it in your hand. And that refills your life and your energy so that there is a gameplay benefit to, to, uh, Slicing. bisecting dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Again, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, I think the $60 thing is a lot to ask for. It seems like a really good, like if it was like a, I don't know. In a couple of years, I'm sure it'll be down. Probably in like four months, it'll probably be down to like twenty bucks. And at that point, I think it's totally worth it. Um, right now, mm-hmm. I don't know. it depends. It, it as I always tell people when they ask me if a game is worth a certain amount of money, uh, it, I don't know what that money is worth to you. So I that is very that is a if you ride to, to work in a yacht made of diamonds, 
you right. probably can spring for the sixty dollars. <laughs> and somebody can costs. play the annoying parts and explain to you <laughs> what the game is yes. not explaining. Yeah. Right. Um then then I think you could you could really get a kick out of it that and enjoy it. Great. Yeah. Guys, we did it. We did it this week. It was Barely. hard without Griffin. I mean, we need that man. Yeah, we need him back. I need yeah. him. I'm worried about him. Uh, do, what are you guys gonna? What are we gonna like? What's on tap next week? What are we gonna okay, so here's to? the deal about next week, and it's a bit a little complicated. Right, uh, Chris Plant, who you might know is another member of this podcast, he plays uh, Chris Plant, is um, <laughs> traveling to Japan. Home of Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. <laughs> why are you doing that? I, why was the first time hearing about this? Wait, is uh, it really? Yes, that's amazing. That seems likely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, he's going to Japan to do some stuff, um, and so I don't know when that leave. We might have to record without him. I think next and, week. Yeah, and then the week. And with that in mind, there's only one game Boy-ish. that I want to play next week because I already played it and it's great. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Definitely have to get into Tomb Raider. Uh, is there is there something else that we can uh, call call to? I'm 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 trying to think of what else comes Let's out. Check out you the old electronics play. boutique. If, it, if it's out, I think you guys should play uh, fishing. If, uh, extreme. Oh no, I know when it's coming out, and okay. it's Never not mind. next week. Never mind. So. Never mind. So that's a no. That's a password. Who plays Super Crate Box again? <laughs> um. No. Yeah, this website's not super helpful for telling me what games are coming out soon. Oh, when's Which Gears of War coming out? Is that soon? No. Um, this is great radio, I'm sure, is us looking no, at You know what I think you guys should do? I think it's a Tomb Raider episode. You can talk about your history with Lara. You can... There's, Just there's Tomb Raider? So All the fun about. we had together. It's a big game. Maybe Griffin's playing something else that you know we what? don't know we'll, about. We'll figure it all out. We'll let you. Maybe Griffin's got an inside line on a cool new game. On a hot scoops. Okay, base yeah, basically like I don't I don't know what else comes out next week. That's where I'm this at. This is what you, you mean, know? need Griffin. Oh, for. doesn't SimCity come out next week? Oh yeah, that you should do that game. I'm way off. It's man, sort of a big I'm game. Sad I can't talk about that. Uh yeah, <coughs> I want um to cover SimCity. I think. Okay. As well as Tomb Raider. <laughs> do it that's a, me, guys. That's a big week. SimCity uh, and Tomb Raider is a big week, and I mean. That's Amazing Spider-Man Ultimate Edition, so that's coming out, too. Yeah. Week after that is God of War 3 and StarCraft 3, or sorry, StarCraft 2, too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a God of War week for me. Yeah, okay, so let's do Tomb Raider and some city next week. Uh, Chris Plant will hopefully be traveling safely to many, many maid cafes and um, other extravagances in Japan. <laughs> Not on the company doll, I hope. Only on the company doll. Only on the company doll. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you visit us at Polygon.com. Follow us at Polygon. YouTube slash Polygon. Facebook slash Polygon. Polygon.com.tumblr.com. You know, all that stuff. Come check us out. Subscribe to our show. Rate us on iTunes. And make sure to join us again next Friday for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends play the world's best games. Bessie!